The gospel we often hear preached today is very different from the gospel of Jesus Christ as his apostles preached it and proclaimed it in the pages of scripture. What I mean is, a lot of times, isn't it fair to say that the presentation of the gospel that we often get exposed to is something along the lines of how we're sinful and God sent his son Jesus to pay the price for our sins by dying on the cross. So we then need some sort of response so that we can go to heaven and be with him forever when we die. Now, nothing in that is so terribly wrong that it would even register with us as I haven't said anything inappropriate. Yet, that sort of frame, that sort of focus, whether that response is accepting Jesus into your heart or ticking off a list of commands from different parts of the New Testament that should be kept, that whole focus on you're sinful, Jesus died, so do this so that you know you're okay later, is fundamentally different than what scripture actually says. It's fundamentally different than what you or I would hear if we got to hear an apostle like Paul preach. Because the New Testament tells us exactly what that good news about Jesus the Christ was. In passages like the New Testament letter of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, where beginning with the first verse, the apostle Paul was inspired to say, now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you're being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. For I am the least of the apostles, unworthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God, but by the grace of God. I am what I am, and his grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. Whether then it was I or they, so we preach, and so you believed. Do you hear the difference in how an apostle like Paul preached the good news about Jesus compared to what we a lot of the times hear and don't even realize that it's different? Front and center in Paul's proclamation of the gospel, the beating heart of the gospel of Jesus Christ as he preached it, wasn't just that Jesus died for our sins so that we can be okay later. It's that Jesus died, was buried, and rose. And that emphasis that Paul had there on resurrection, on that resurrection being real, him devoting several verses to showing how lots of people saw that Jesus had resurrected, so they knew that Jesus was alive. Well, that isn't just important for what happens to us later, as Paul demonstrated. That's important for what happens to us right now. 
That is where we can understand how that faith, that loyalty we give to Jesus intersects with that grace, that undeserved goodness that God makes available to us, that work that he calls us to do, because it's through resurrection as part of the gospel that we recognize what Jesus did wasn't just for us later. It matters for how we live right now. Not as though we're earning our later salvation by the works that we do, but that when we recognize that Jesus died, was buried and rose, then we recognize when we're united with Jesus. When we die to our sins and are buried in baptism, we also start a new life. And that emphasis on resurrection is exactly why the Spirit inspired the Apostle Paul to write this here. Because as we go on in 1 Corinthians 15, we'll see that he's not giving this reminder just so that we have a nice, tidy, concise description of the gospel, but he was giving this reminder because of some real issues that the followers of Jesus were having there in the ancient city of Corinth. And they were issues that had everything to do with their belief in and understanding of the resurrection. Because in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Continuing to verse 12, Paul said, Now, if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain. And your faith is in vain. We are even found to be misrepresenting God. Because we testified about God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise, if it's true that the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. Then those also who've fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. The first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. But each in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, then at his coming, those who belong to Christ, then comes the end. When he delivers the kingdom to God the Father after destroying every rule and every authority and power, for he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. For God has put all things in subjection under his feet. But when it says all things are put in subjection, it's plain that he is accepted who puts all things in subjection under him. When all things are subjected to him, then the Son himself will also be subjected to him, who put all things in subjection under him, that God may be all in all. Otherwise, what do people mean by being baptized on behalf of the dead? 
If the dead are not raised at all, why are people baptized on their behalf? Why are we in danger every hour? I protest, brothers, by my pride in you, which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord, I die every day. What do I gain if, humanly speaking, I fought with beasts at Ephesus? If the dead are not raised, let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. Do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. Wake up from your drunken stupor, as is right, and do not go on sinning, for some have no knowledge of God. I say this to your shame. The resurrection matters because it reframes everything about how we live our lives right now. The resurrection matters because when Jesus comes, that is what he's coming for. He's coming to raise the dead. He's coming to destroy death in its entirety, to make it so that we are all transformed, we're all purified, so that we can be united with God and living together in his presence forever. And the resurrection is a critical piece for that, so critical that it was incredibly disturbing to the Apostle Paul that there were even a minority of people in Corinth that were thinking, well, maybe the dead won't raise. And you know, that same view exists in our world today too. I saw a study recently in a newspaper in the United Kingdom where they polled a number of self-professed Christians around Easter and they found a full quarter of British self-identified Christians doubt that the resurrection of Jesus actually happened. That is a huge because if we doubt that Jesus rose the way his apostles said he rose, if we doubt that Jesus rose the way he himself said he rose, then we can't trust any of Scripture. If we doubt that Jesus rose, then we have little incentive to believe that we have hope for real, abundant, eternal life beyond this. We have every motivation to just go along with the world and do what makes us happy and do what makes us feel good. We have no reason to sacrifice. We have no reason to put the greater good ahead of ourselves. But if Jesus rose from the dead, and if Jesus not only rose from the dead, but he rose from the dead as a first if he is coming so that all of us who belong to him rise from the dead. That's a critical part of the gospel, not just because it's something that we don't emphasize enough or leave out when we tell the gospel. It's because that's where we find our motivation to really live a new life for Jesus, here and now. Whether it's easy, especially when it's hard, the resurrection is what gives us comfort. The resurrection is what gives us boldness. The resurrection is what gives us hope. And that is what we as Christians today need. The resurrection matters. And for us to understand what it's all about when Jesus comes again, for us to live lives that matter each day now as followers of Jesus until he does, we must keep the resurrection's role and the good news about Jesus front and center.